Hi there. Welcome to Broadcast Interrupted. I'm Chirag and with me is Andy. Hi Andy. Hello. On this week's episode, we have with us Rohan Shivkumar. He is an architect, academician and filmmaker. I have known Rohan for over a decade now, primarily because he was my teacher at the Kamla Raja Vidyanidhi Institute of Architecture where I studied. Right. You on the other hand have not really had a conversation with him before this. How was the experience? Oh, it was great. I haven't spoken to him before, but I've definitely known about him during my own studies in Mumbai and uh he was always present in the architecture community at different uh events and public meetings. Okay. And I also remember him as being associated with uh a lot of research in um urban mean, design with the urban design research institute at uh, the udi right yeah 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 and also with some art collectives actually uh majlis i think they did the cinema city project right yep and um he brings these things up during the conversation and uh, sort of elaborates on them and i i love that especially um something that's not very common for filmmaker uh, for architects to do which is film Yeah and uh, his collaborations with uh, Avijit Mukul Kishore on um uh, nostalgia. nostalgia for the future yep. and lovely villa absolutely Both, uh, really amazing documentaries yeah i think it's great i also think that uh, part of what he discussed when it came to his uh, uh, experience as an educator in the field of architecture mm-hmm. uh, the documentation projects that he does at Kamla Raja of which i was a part of when i was a student too yeah you've told me about them we had to do a documentation project in assam and it was just amazing this entire experience of taking a bunch of students from mumbai and placing them in a remote uh, location in assam and what was the confrontation like the stories were absolutely hilarious exactly. to me <laughs> for somebody that wasn't there physically <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah. a great guy very very funny personality and um very insightful i think he has a very very broad range of curiosities that he very poignantly uh talks about during the course of the conversation that we had absolutely so i'm not going to let our uh, viewers and listeners uh, wait any longer wait any longer uh let's just jump right into it and yeah all the relevant links relating to uh, rohan shivkumar's work will be put in the description so have a look and thank you rohan shiv kumar thank you so much for doing this uh we've been lightly associated at least myself uh, as somebody that's known you as a architect and a thinker uh and a filmmaker for i think a good uh, over a decade now and uh, we've known you as an architect from the mumbai scene cultural scene and in the academic uh, world where you were often at my school also for uh, juries and they were really exciting times um but i think the first uh thing i want to ask is looking at some of your interviews and some of the things you've said we feel we are convinced that you are absolutely in love with architecture and uh, that's something where we connect with you it's a very simple thing but it we all know it's it's quite a love hate painful fun thing to do um looking back at your trajectory what what's your sense uh, of how things have uh, fallen into um a, a kind of rational idea of an architect for yourself i mean i have you when you look at your trajectory and where you stand at the moment as an actor uh, as a cultural actor and an architect and and in all those roles that you uh, uh, try to play in society what do you think what's your sense of um, how it has gone or do you have uh, sort of m- moments that stand out or sort of moments that are stretched you're asking for my personal history yes 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 how i got to where i am today yeah like, and, and what way. does it feel like today yeah how do you yeah, see you know, the history i'm i mean you know uh 
I, I find myself right now very, uh, very happy uh, with, with the fact that I've decided to engage wholeheartedly uh, with the creation of ideas as a practice of an architect. I mean, that's what I uh, like to imagine my practice as, whether that's through the making of courses, designing courses, writing things, or, you know, making films. I enjoy the world of ideas. And um, it's a, it took me some time to get here, I must, I must admit. I went to a school of architecture, both the schools of architecture I went to, both my bachelor's course, which was the NSR School of Architecture in Bombay, mm -hmm. and my master's course, which was at the University of Maryland, sorry, um, at, uh, in the United States. Mm -hmm. uh, both of those schools were very clearly aimed towards creating sort of practitioners. That's what their primary focus was. Right. Hmm. Uh, the world of ideas, if any, were usually around, but they were largely in the service of the making of a practitioner. And the practice also was uh, imagined, especially in NSR, hmm. it, as a very particular kind of practice hmm. that is plugged very clearly into the modes of building production that are at play in the world today, hmm. in the city today. Hmm. Um, which is what NSR was about, you know. Um, and, uh, and it wasn't, I mean, I, I don't think I was very aware of the point that I was that that was not my world. When I passed out of school, I had just presumed that that is the only way that an architect works because frankly, there were no other horizons that were uh, that were shown to me, mm -hmm. in other words. Mm -hmm. I uh, went to the United States to do my master's and uh, I don't know, I thought like urban design would be good because I was interested in cities. Somehow, somehow you know, you, I guess there was a sort of uh, disenchantment with the object per se. I would say that for certain. I just felt like I wanted to do something important, you know, like okay, something. Right. Hmm. That's all. It's a teleological Ambition. urge. Purpose. Yeah, I don't know. It's an ideological urge. It was just nee, an instinct. Teleo nahi. Uh, teleo. <laughs> Purpose type. So, ka. Hmm. Yeah, perhaps. Right? Huh, yeah. So I went to the US. I did my master's at the University of Maryland. I enjoyed myself thoroughly. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, and after that again I had a decision to make whether I would uh, come back to India or mm -hmm. whether I would continue to find work in America right mm -hmm. and I think the same thing happened with me at that point I had to and that decision was actually uh, simple because I felt like I mean what I did actually is that I before I came back to India I decided that I have to make a decision right so I decided to take a long train ride all over America to just get a sense oh, of the landscape. Okay. Yeah, all right. I got inside a train um, and uh, you have these amazing US rail passes that they used to have that allow you unlimited travel across an entire month. Ah, okay. So mm -hmm. I basically, uh, what you call them, couch. Couch surf? Yeah. Couch surfed my way across from the from the east coast to the west coast, up and down and back. Okay. okay. And uh, I got back and that, that evening I booked my ticket back. To the to India because I felt like somehow and I guess it's a sort of uh, the naivety of youth I guess you could call it that I felt or the that fearlessness that point, maybe fearlessness or I don't know I wouldn't call it fearlessness okay. actually uh, because I don't think I was particularly uh, courageous <laughs> that's it I think I was just uh, I think largely worked with instinct at that point it was right. just something that I felt like my existence in the United States would be severely circumscribed. Mm -hmm. uh, by the mode of productions of buildings there, and it didn't seem like the kinds of the kind of practices that I would end up uh, working with in the United States would be something that I would enjoy doing. Okay, um, I felt like, in some senses, um, it's a little pompous to say that, but I'm going to say it anyway. Is that I yes. felt like I can I can actually perhaps be of more use, if that is the word. Yeah, um, you know, uh, back in India. I mean, that's what I said, naivety, right? Uh, and pomposity to arrogance, perhaps. And so, so I came back to India. Mm. But even at that point, you have to understand that the, my training has been largely in the world of making buildings. Mm -hmm. So uh, I came back and um, although I had done a teaching stint at the University of Maryland, mm. um, I never thought of myself as a teacher at that point. I still thought I'd come back and set up a practice, right. urban design, stuff like that. I came back... And um, immediately, uh, literally the first month, a friend of ours asked whether he would like to teach at teach at Kamaraj. Mm -hmm. I said, ah, might as well, because I used to enjoy it. So I went and I started teaching there. And, um, well... Uh, what year was it, this? 
this was 1997 oh, okay okay and i think okay. that's uh, just i think 91 or 92 is when kamla raja starts 99 So 92 it was yes. it was yeah. we were between directors sen kapadi had just left and trilochan okay. uh, chaya was i think about to become director the next day so i was hired literally okay. in, the, in the gap my my interview was the most ridiculous interview anyone has ever had because i went and i don't know whether you know subodh dhairyawad an amazing architect okay. like completely yeah. off i mean incredible man and he looks at me and says kai tu sonal sabha oh your sonal's uh, brother no uh-huh. i said yeah sonal is my sister she studies at she studied at KRB at that okay. time yeah so he said ha ha um, no so i said oh, 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 yes sir i answer i was very humble sir and then he says okay okay raza second year raza i mean go to the second year and teach so i go upstairs and there is a strange project that is going on like it's really strange for me was, okay you know we want to site program no but make bubble diagrams make plans that kind of thing and i go there and there's some strange project that's going on that concerns people going to ujjain coming back making a model of an ujjain and which is not the ujjain but has characteristics of ujjain i'm wondering why would anyone do that <laughs> that artificial ujjain they are taking out a building and they are inserting a fakir's uh, kind of uh, place to live you know the world is going on i just did not understand because there was no logic there and uh, uh, there was no yeah. it, it didn't even vaguely resemble what i was what i was taught earlier yeah that was quite a uh, you know and 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 of course i must have embarrassed myself like hell because i wanted to be part it was it's a very intellectual school you know it's very yeah. <laughs> and i was no training <laughs> sorry yeah <laughs> okay I go there and I'm like uh, everyone is you know kind of dropping names here and there saying things like you know oh you know Mises something and a something I'm like I'm like okay okay I have no I finished my masters I have no idea of half the references that they have so I'm also trying desperately to participate in the conversation yeah and I make an ass of myself because I you know I'm dropping names when I have no idea about anything and of course that <laughs> should have been at which point I was like. Okay, I, that's. I think that the only thing that I I learned across LSR and you know, the Maryland thing yeah. is that I think I became what they call an autodidact. Like you know, like you're like, acha. So if they don't know, I'll also know na. And then uh-huh. you kind of, you know, uh-huh. not that difficult yeah. for God's sake. Huh? Yeah, dikha dunga. I think that really uh-huh. helped. And I think that is when my actual kind of interest. I, I realized actually. Yeah. Uh, that at the world of academia. is mm-hmm. also uh it, it offers so much mm-hmm. offers so much just in terms of the way that one can participate within thinking about architecture uh, also the fact that you're dealing with so many young men and women uh, who mm-hmm. also come to school with uh, with i think the most important ingredient to be an architect which is uh, hope yeah mm-hmm. um and i felt like that was a very nice space to be part of I also felt that uh, uh, that that was a good place to really think about crisis yeah, about architecture you know and uh, think about what architecture can be or what it should be what is the what are the things it should be doing and of course theory helps you do that mm mm-hmm. do you think there is a oh yeah, yeah sure please yeah what do you say i i just wanted to clarify maybe that do you think it it could be termed as a a kind of a deprivation within a discipline that that somehow produces this uh, this hope that you mentioned and then the turn towards theory and history because no you're saying oh no i meant i mean architecture itself is i think one of the most if you ask me sure. uh, perhaps the most uh, optimistic of all the disciplines that i know of is architecture because it has no other choice yeah uh, that when you design something you're designing for somebody's idealized idealized imagination right uh, you're never designing for the person who the person is you're always designing for whom the person wants to be yeah hmm. uh, architecture always in many ways becomes a sort of costume that they can wear to perform their identities hmm. and then a person is choosing to perform an identity they are always choosing to perform a certain idealization of their aspiration so i think optimism and hope that it's a hope it's a hope that the costume of architecture will actually be able to transform your own identity right mm-hmm. so 
I think that's why I think architecture is like, uh, I mean, is, is the most important ingredient for me as far as architecture is concerned is, is the belief that you can make a difference. Yeah. Hmm. Even if the difference is, you know, a tiny little one, that the light fitting in this room is going to make everything so exotically spectacular. Or, or that, would you also say yeah. that uh, the difference that it makes need not be micro-analyzed or understood uh but but as a uh, understood more as a slow burning sort of quest of of a community of people it could be but i i do think though that because architecture has such a because there's so much money involved in it actually, absolutely mm. very often um these quests are articulated in some form you know right. uh, there is some sort of articulation that it takes Uh, those, that those articulations might not necessarily be very legible uh, or they may even be subterranean in everything that everything is saying, everyone is saying uh, and may need some excavation. Uh, but I do think that there is definitely uh, somewhere if mm -hmm. we if we look at the way that architecture and architects also uh, mm -hmm. frame their own uh, voices, uh, mm -hmm. frame their own desires, uh, one will recognize that there is a, a perpetual, or in the good architects actually, if you ask me, huh? Uh, is there's a perpetual uh, framing of their work within an idealization of who this thing who we want to become right okay um, so and that, i think it's nice to think about it that way it's nice because especially as a teacher you know i hmm. think that's an important thing for me hmm. is to constantly constantly recognize that it is about becoming you know we are we are always in the processes of becoming and hmm. and, and the ideas of architecture are uh, i guess ways in which we become Yeah. or at least that it triggers that yeah. becoming to to a real uh, real thing that one can be conscious of and then continue Another, it gives you frameworks through which you can constantly become right yeah and, and you right. don't stay still yeah. you are constantly in many ways allowing yourself to transform and i think right. within that the this kind of idea of that to kya hua that you just said like that attitude really helps kind of uh, understand this notion of becoming the like every time you confront something and you say to yourself theek hai to kya hua i don't know this or maybe i there is something a little far away which i want to approach or get to and that that attitude i think kind of really helps in this uh, look I, i think i think it's you know for me one of the most important images that i have that i feel Uh, is the mirror i mean just an idea is the mirror okay um and uh, whenever i think about the idea of the mirror now, is that you are standing in front of it uh, and you're looking at yourself and you're very rarely completely satisfied with what you're seeing in the mirror mm, yeah on the other side of the mirror is something you want to become and you are on this side you're constantly adjusting yourself to become that person yeah <laughs> but as soon as you change this that also changes now yeah uh, uh. So there is a perpetual sort of movement towards that image in the mirror, which itself is an apparition. Right. Uh, that is a of your own mind. Mm -hmm. So I think that that to that for me that becomes an important imagination to know that uh, to know first of all that stillness or uh, or stillness mm -hmm. uh, or a space without desire. Mm -hmm. Okay, mm -hmm. a space that uh, many people love. There is always this imagination that a space without desire is the idealized. Uh, sort of place to be, you know, mm. give up everything and go into nature. Kind of an yeah. absolute. Yes, and for me, that is always in many ways death. Okay. Uh, mm. it, okay. It is. It is actually the place where everything ends. Nothing begins. Okay. Mm -hmm. I think there is the in the mirror. There is always this sort of possibilities of who one can be, and you can always keep performing in the mirror. You can always choose an image of who you want to be. So you don't necessarily stay still. in on the other side of the mirror is who you want to become i mean whatever that person is but that need not be one person it could be many different people yeah those figures yeah. are always uh, sort of shifting and uh, yeah. blurring out focused out of focus destabilizing dizzy currents in the half light of the computer screen changing i watch him rise again and again in a trance in the summer like weather being here again and again endlessly Rewind, rewind, rewind. Memories of the throbbing drum machine, a last cuff, a shrug, anything else that we could have done. 
Have fun. Goodbye. Goodbye. The primitive hut, uninhabited, desolate on the empty street. Women in darkened rooms remember the laughter of children and old men wearing white, shielded from death by the watching eternal eye. On the swing, the three of us sit and lie through our teeth for a promise he made to himself and made us keep. His name was sacrifice, hers is truth. She is him, I am her. On the edge of this memory lies an island of hope. Oceans rise and fall. The grass sways as we make like stars on the screen of the night sky. Constellations mirror our limbs. We, we dance. dance, our bodies position still, but, but freer than, than ever. ever. Might it have been better to force his hand to make him rather than let him? To be able to say no or yes, swaying this way and that, we remember being, being there, there forever, forever, waiting in the rain, the tarpaulin dripping impatience, waiting, waiting forever. forever. Talking about, uh, I, uh, we, we've obviously touched a lot of uh, bases already with sort of, let's say, hashtags already that I love. Um, <laughs> but I think I want to bring uh, some attention to how, how who, who are you talking to? How, how, where can you locate where the discussions about architecture and films and these things are happening around you? Is it, is it, it could be a cafe, it could be a classroom, it could be a studio, it could be a living room, but not in terms of uh, architectural program or an address, but who's talking about this, these ideas and who I are you talking to? I see myself as a teacher, right? I mean, that's right. the way I, I see my own practice. And I see teaching itself as a practice. And when I think about teaching, I think about not necessarily... I, so I love the academic space as a space mm -hmm. for conversations uh, that can take place. Uh, because I think the, and I do think that often the, the, the idea of a professional school mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. is, uh, and is slave to the imagination that we are training only a professional or rather we are training somebody to, for the profession, which is imagined in a very particular way. So there is a sort of uh, almost, um, I don't know what's the word, I can't get the exact word, but a sort of utilitarian imagination of the academic space. Right. Okay. The academic space is a space for uh, rethinking and challenging um, the, the, the presumptions that are very often deeply embedded within architecture and architectural practice, or whether it's basically even within ideas of beauty, uh, sort of efficiency. Aesthetics. Yeah. yeah, you know, the stuff that we very often take for granted. Uh, well, I think that the academic space has the potential to really uh, to really do that. And I think it's through the doing of that that a student is allowed to become, you know, right. choose, mm -hmm. choose, choose where this goes. So I genuinely believe that the academic space is a really important space. And of course, I'm very lucky to be in the city of Bombay. Mm -hmm. the, mm -hmm. Because the city itself has, uh, is, uh, you know, a bunch of extraordinary uh, kinds of energies that are in the air. Uh, as a city, it has never seen, I mean, it has never been seen as a really intellectual city. It's always seen as a produce, you know, it's, the, it's deeply embedded in the market. It's deeply embedded in commercial cinema. You know, in the fashion Between uh, vanity and, and sort of deprivation, it sort of... Yeah, yeah it's, 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 it's a place that is seen as corrupt. Yeah. Uh, hmm. uh, Debauchery. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not, not a place for deep thinking about things mm. it doesn't it doesn't retreat itself into a university space where intellectuals are in seminars and you know there's that world right it's a very beautiful world um, nothing i'm not dissing it uh, but i do find that 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 kind of world uh, which is a, a sort of the academia uh -huh. yeah with its own sorts of languages and its own kinds of rituals and its own kinds of spaces, the conference, for example, mm -hmm. the, space, mm -hmm. the seminar, yeah. or I know the webinar. Hmm? <laughs> these spaces are great, but they are really great for us to have a conversation with ourselves. 
Uh, they give us they, they they validate our own practices they perhaps uh, you perhaps you can learn more about your own work by seeing somebody else working in i don't know brazil or some place like that perhaps, mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but i think that what bombay bombay does is that bombay pollutes that space too it doesn't allow that space to stay pristine and to huh. move from the uh, especially for architecture i think that becomes an important thing because as architects we are always confronted with the fact that our work is about the tangible world outside the university right uh, mm-hmm. with uh, the lives of people and you know water systems and materials and labor and all of these absolutely so uh, it forces that uh, relationship to happen the mm-hmm. relationship of thought to action mm-hmm. it refuses for that binary to be simplistic um, it forces mm-hmm. uh, both action as well as thought to cha- to challenge the, the challenge itself with its opposite where, right where, oh, yeah, yeah. i think you know an architect like korea kind of emerges from bombay mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. in his work you constantly see that in the work that he does there is so much kind of critical thought yeah. uh, and he's also involved with the making of ideas yeah. and i think that's really what i find interesting and because bombay has you know filmmakers and artists and all these kinds of people who may not Uh, there there are there are there are moments of friction between all of these mm-hmm. uh, moments of conversation emerge between them and uh, that can be seen as i guess a very powerful possibility for the creations of uh, ideas i think and but these things are always th- these actors or these people are always uh, sort of informally organized so, yeah well largely the thing is this right i mean it's a really big city but it's a really small town you have mm-hmm. that Yeah. Um and, and and like I I don't know about any other city because I really only know Bombay. Uh-huh. Well enough to suffer. I'm better than most other cities. Is that the uh, the unfortunate thing but also maybe the the, the inevitable thing is that there are circles. No? There right. are circles of the artistic and the cultural and the, I mean <laughs> circles exist. And uh, and in Bombay those circles are relatively more open. they are not as closed as they can be in other cities which can sometimes sometimes being part of the circle is seen as a kind of position of power but in bombay it's a little more open ended than that um so you meet at different sorts of places art galleries there are collectives that are created i mean we've been part of many collectives that are uh, that are multidisciplinary collectives mm-hmm. uh, like uh, recently we were part of something called 2020 a bunch of artists filmmakers poets nice mm-hmm. uh, working on things together So I mean th- these these are these are uh, these organically emerge um, mm-hmm. and sometimes stay around the 2020 is still around although we had the uh, exhibition of the of we, we did we did two years we did uh, sequential exhibitions like the Kalagoda Art Festival one ah. first of the Kalagoda Art Festival and then there was another event which was a sort of march um, but but the but the group is still around right, uh, right. so there's a group of of people who we know and they all come from different creative fields largely okay hmm. and uh, in terms of the sort of thrust of these groups or these uh, i love saying the word actors although they're not all conventional actors um, in terms of the thrust of the thinking or the uh, maybe paranoia or the discu- kind of force behind these discussions is there is there a real yearning for newness as a as a idea as a concept or as a as a thing are people constantly talking about trying to do something new or they're talking about uh, things that are a little more nuanced or detailed or is there a nuance for what is understood as new among these circles complicated question the reason why all of these different disciplines come together largely um Okay, the first kind of big project that we had done together, mm-hmm. um, that I was part of, so mm-hmm. I can't speak to any other. But it was quite a large project. It was called Cinema City. I don't know whether Chirag has told you about yeah. it. It was. I don't think Chirag was around also. That no, no, I did work on it. I did some transcribing. Yeah. <laughs> it was the first year. Yeah, but anyway. Yeah, so uh, it was a project that uh, was a multidisciplinary, interdisciplinary. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of art architecture filmmaker all these people together there was an organization that was called majlis uh, ah. still there mm-hmm. uh, and majlis uh, put together this project with uh, madhushri datta who was a filmmaker 
to mm-hmm. Hezmaj this at the kind of uh, was organizing it and it was imagined as a sort of collective which would explore the relationship between cinema and the city of Bombay that mm-hmm. was open-ended um, and it was started in 2009 and uh, we had and it used to just meet at the Majlis offices and discuss what that can be and we as architects used to present our imagination of how we can work that relationship out filmmakers did their own thing it was like that right so it was a bunch of ideas that emerged and then right. uh, we as a school did the research work uh, looked at the places that uh, we actually were thinking of looking at cinema as an industry so we looked at the spaces of the assembly line and mm-hmm. the people involved in the assembly line of the making of film that was what we did um, but we were also interested in the way that different neighborhoods within Bombay are represented in differently in different films, like you know, Marine right. Drive or Ravi and all of Absolutely. these places. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So anyway, we did this sort of research, and then um, the the entire project was imagined as a series of exhibitions. That okay. Know, so in, in, even in the first year, uh, we had an exhibition at the National Center for the Performing Arts in South Bombay. Uh, the next year, we went to we came to Germany, and we did an exhibition at the Berlin Alley. 2010, if I'm not wrong. Ah, nice. Mm. <laughs> so every, and each of those exhibitions, the material that we had done as research and process it or reprocess it into something that can be shared or makes mm. an argument. Uh-huh. And that process involved us working with filmmakers and artists and all different kinds of people. Uh, so that's actually how the project itself evolved. The project constantly evolved uh, through many, many dialogues with all these different artist groups, you know, that uh, creative, creative mm-hmm. groups. And then finally, eventually, it led to some kind of book and publication in 201314. That's that's actually how the way the project works. So what happens is that when people is that there is a, I think because Bombay is a city that that is about producing, right, okay, uh, film, art, etc. It seems that a lot of the people who really are participating in these conversations are in are interested in making in making things, right. Film, mm-hmm. And I think once once you kind of start thinking about making, uh, simplistic sort of positions become almost untenable to hold. Uh, you have to, in many ways, begin to engage with economies and publics and government organizations and uh, yeah, you know yeah. these different bureaucracies and stuff like that. The constant uh, so, negotiation. Sorry. It's a constant negotiation. Everything. Negotiation, and so what ends up happening is that. The question of newness that you put that you put forth mm-hmm. is always there because of that, because you're always in many ways constantly critiquing the presumptions that you had as in the project that you did before. You're always in some senses trying to make uh, make newness mm-hmm. or uh, look at the direction that your work is going to go to now that that is done. And sometimes that direction is shaped by the interaction that you're having with the filmmaker friend over the over the next. Or, 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 or an art exhibition that you went to, or something that you read, perhaps. Right. Uh, so there is a definite uh, kind of the the the, the uh, advantage of these different sorts of actors in the same space really allow you to constantly question uh, presumptions that you have for yourself. So I think that for me, that's been the best thing about being in the city is to constantly watch yourself grow because mm-hmm. of these. I find there are many people sometimes who stick to an ideological position in the beginning and all their work for the past what 15 years is doing the same thing and that's extremely boring yeah yeah unless maybe sometimes uh, it's done with uh, a great deal of uh, difference and diversity within within it that's a what i'm saying is that that i feel like i feel that often then the work itself becomes merely a representation of the thought. Mm. It doesn't mm. necessarily uh, kind of engage with the, you know, you are you understand what I'm trying to say? I think it's yeah. like, it, it becomes so. polemical or rhetorical, you know what I mean? Right, yeah. rhetorical. Yeah. Work itself doesn't have its own value. It becomes mm. text. It does, there's no, uh, there's no, in, in philosophy, they would say there's no embodiment. Uh, yeah happening uh, with the object of the work let's yeah. say uh, within no. the object of the work where where yeah and i also think then there is no sort of uh, translation of that thought in a way also like it that that also ceases to happen the thought yeah. becomes like this um, st- uh, it becomes kind of stationary and then the the work is just it's like the, it's it's somewhere in the center and then you're looking at it from different angles every piece of work that you do is a 
ये एंगल से देख लिया अब ये थॉट को देन वी सॉ इट फ्रॉम दैट एंगल एंड जस्ट कीप्स ऑलमोस्ट आई एम रियली थिंकिंग अबाउट यू नो आई एम रियली थिंकिंग दिस इज व्हाट आई कॉल द आई विल ऑलवेज लव यू प्रॉब्लम राइट दिस इज माय यू सेस आई विल ऑलवेज लव यू या एंड एक्चुअली आई मीन दिस इज रिलेवेंट आई थिंक स्पेशली फॉर दिस कन्वर्सेशन बिकॉज़ यू गाइस आर इन जर्मनी ओके इज दैट व्हाट आई फाइंड इज दैट देयर आर सर्टेन आइडियाज दैट सेल वेल अब्रॉड राइट ओके um there's a certain i mean it's a, especially in germany there's a sort of and not just in germany in all of europe there's a sort of guilt of colonialism and imperialism that mm-hmm. is very much it. so a lot of brown people have figured that out so what they do is that they then sell the exotic other <laughs> right <laughs> as this incredible thing that you just don't understand okay and, yeah. and 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 in europe people are more than happy to consume it because they're like oh at least we feel bad about it mm-hmm. right <clears throat> so what happens is that that particular imagination of the exotic strange um weird uh, i don't know what and it, and it doesn't necessarily mean you need you need snake charmers and elephants it could just be the wonderful dynamics of the slums in bombay or my favorite the dabawalas uh, yeah oh my god <laughs> <laughs> shantaram yeah oh yeah shantaram great one hmm. yeah so you take that thing right right and and you know in the abroad of course they will lap it up because it's absolutely down their alley right mm-hmm. so what happens is that you get your own validation by the fact that you get called to germany to make a presentation or whatever that becomes the mode right and once you get that validation uh it seems as if it is uh, it also be- you also believe that it is right mm-hmm. you know that you are right mm-hmm. and validation will keep coming because that's exactly what the international kind of discourse would want from you as a brown person no right but you never and you don't want to question it because you're getting your own validation through it this is the avil whitney houston's i will always love you problem <laughs> is that if you go for a whitney houston concert if she doesn't sing i will always love you it's a problem <laughs> So it's like that. When a when a foreign university calls a brown academic to make a presentation, right. if that person doesn't bring the slum, then yeah, you're in trouble. You like, yeah. yeah, that's you know, that's a very confusing. Yeah, and I mean, I must say, I'm I'm saying this because I know I've been guilty of it too. So I've okay. been just to make it clear, right? Yeah. Uh, because it is something that you see yourself automatically doing, and it's really scary. It's really, and it's a really kind scary. of. low hanging fruit you yeah, you're trying to say it's really too easy and what ends up happening because of that is that you are not necessarily growing mm-hmm. you are staying still mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you have you have asked the question that they wanted you to ask okay and you have forgotten that there are many more questions that perhaps that one needs to be able to look at so one and the the tricky thing is this though and the tricky thing is to be able to balance both because you know god i'm telling too many stories uh, we are okay, here for right? all of yeah. them please here for please that. keep going yeah one more one i'll tell you one more story so once upon a time the dutch the netherlands architecture institute uh-huh. which is these amazing men ole bomman and uh, jon um, very close friend uh, they uh, they wanted to do something in india okay so okay. they So Jon says uh, you know can KRVI organize something so I said okay we'll organize it hmm? uh-huh. uh we organized it but we decided to organize it uh, uh, at some place in Berlin okay for some reason mm. i don't know maybe closer <laughs> to people uh-huh. we had to call all the architects of bombay for that meeting okay <laughs> so uh, we made calls uh, we made calls saying come come whatever uh, yeah as soon as it's a dutch call it dutch any i they are like yeah we we'll come we we'll come up like in the west <laughs> everyone right and i get so pissed about that because we have we do seminars every year begging yeah. <laughs> <laughs> people to come for some turns up okay you have like some dutch people are coming and now suddenly everybody is dying to be part of that room okay i was pissed off what was really nice was that actually is that what happened is that so we had this meeting the meeting happens KRVI shows some Pune, some work that we had done in Pune or whatever, irrelevant. Huh? Uh, but after that entire discussion, uh, Ola and I love the Dutch. Uh, very simply says, "Okay, fine, fine. This is all very good, very good, etc." But tell us a very simple thing. 
what can you do for us and what can we do for you? And very Bombay, na? like, I said, I'm going to say, I'm going to say, I'm going to say, I love that. So, um, so I, and I, I, I'm anyway really angry, okay, really pissed. He's <laughs> like, what we can give you, we can give you Bombay, it's there, na? you can come. Oh, okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, you tell me any other place that is going to be there, like, this is not going to happen. And what you can give us, you can give us validation for God's sake. <laughs> We've been doing this every year. Nobody turns up. Okay. You called once and they all came. Finally, we have to recognize the fact that the spaces of validation, unfortunately, for many of us in India, continue to be dictated by those in Europe and America. Hmm. As long as we are able to, I mean, it's an, we have to understand the way that power works, no? Right. Uh, so I think, it becomes, so one has to be able to be able to kind of say that, okay, that is the, unfortunately the space. It's important to start trying to create an alternative space, mm-hmm. an alternative mode through which one understands architecture and architectural value systems, aesthetic systems, perhaps in this country, in this particular place that we are at. But you're not, and sorry. The only way to do it, sorry. And maybe the only way to do it is to do it as a ventriloquist mm-hmm. through the face. Okay, so in a way, uh, you're suggesting that this uh, one-directional binary that the East and the Western world has, or I would rather say South Asia and the Western world has at the moment, uh, needs to be muddied. Or do you want mm. do you want it to become uh, a one-directional in the in the opposite sense? Of course not. That would be dumb. I mean, that's naive to even imagine that it's first of all possible or even that it is good. Mm-hmm. That itself can be extremely reactionary in nature. Right. Oh, yeah. in, 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 I mean, that's bullshit. I mean, if you mm-hmm. think about it, this idea that our exceptionalism that exists in, our, in a particular place, that is, oh, this is truly us, is another sort of myth. Uh, yeah. That is, a, I think, sometimes even more dangerous uh, than the imagination of modernity. Because that, this is something that is also problematic in in the um, disciplinary sense, let's say, because the 1972 Act uh, states that uh, only people uh, that have a license from the Council of Architects in India can practice architecture in India. But that also kind of suggests that, uh, say, for example, I think uh, Stephen Hall will be building that museum with the Bhau Dajilad extension or... But I'm saying, yeah. would it be fair for anyone in Mumbai to stand up and say, but how is it possible that Stephen Hall knows what should, what should show up in Mumbai? There have been people who have complained about that, actually. There are lots of people who get into this idea of the Indian yeah. architect going, whatever. I don't think that is useful, actually, at all. Uh, I think that in, in both cases, I find them to, it, it to be a problematic imagination right. to say that merely because Stephen Hall is whatever, American is your British? American. American. Merely because Stephen Hall is American, he cannot build in India or should not build in India is, is I think, protectionist nonsense. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also to, uh, but, 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 and to imagine that he would not know how to build in India is, is a little naive. But on the other hand, if I look at the, the, of the uh, design of the museum itself that he did do, it does look like a kind of signature style thingy that he's doing absolutely anywhere on earth. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, I mean, for God's sake, yeah, I mean, Zarato, I mean, I've seen the buildings that Zaha Hadid does around the world and they all look exactly the same. <laughs> there is no difference. So then what you are is a mere commodity. Now All you are is a style, a stamp. Yeah. So I don't know whether we should have, we should, uh, we should have, we should have, I'm saying we, I don't mean me, I mean the, the project mm-hmm. um, should be judged on the basis of merely the brand, which should be based on the, the daily basis. So what is right, simply put, mm-hmm. wherever that what is right comes from. There's no point in kind of thinking in terms of identity over there. We right. all live in multiple yeah. identities. There's no point in, in, in saying that we are one and not the other. How how do how would you go about then? If you, I mean, of course, it's not something one person takes up as a project and does. But how would you sh- uh, begin to work on how to shift the focus towards a more 
nuanced uh, discussion of of this uh, let's say uh, pseudo subaltern uh, activism that goes on sometimes in in what you call protectionist uh, nonsense in a way how how would yeah. you go on to bring in more nuance well, to that i think I, for me i mean it's been it's been it's been um, i mean for me it's important for us to be able to read that's why i think it's really important to be an academic for me okay mm-hmm. uh, it it is the space which can really allow you to create new spaces of validation as well as new frameworks through which one can examine uh, what role architecture should be playing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and i think that that is really we have to start writing new histories for example I mean, the history books that we have are, are just dismal. Most of them, Indian history books are ridiculous. Uh, except for maybe a handful that may be kind of trying to look at Indian modernity in a more complex way. Most of them are, are a list of styles and then a bunch of star architects. Actually, that's what we have. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really doesn't even begin to look at what the complexity of the of, of, of history, historical narratives in the country actually are. So I think the academic space can become a space where one can re- rewrite those histories. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. also rethink questions like of sustainability and all these stupid sorts of words that we very often take for granted, uh, which are not unfortunately bad terms. It's uh, what has happened is that they have only ended up becoming sorts of these uh, glib terms that we that we use, uh, which mean nothing. You know, uh, efficient and environmental friendly and all of that stuff. We mm-hmm. don't really even ask the question as to. What does this really mean on the ground? I think that a great attention on the concrete realities of our particular context is an important thing to do. Uh, that is one thing. And the second thing I would say, and this is for me an important learning uh, from actually a project that Vineet worked on with, with us. Ah, okay. Uh, which was looking at uh, the spaces of Ambedkar in Bombay. Mm-hmm. Um, is to really start thinking about what are the core value systems through which we understand what does it mean what does goodness mean? What does betterness mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't think it's that subjective. That uh, that is okay. You know, everyone has their own. I think there it's are a shared values. idea. Yeah, I think there are certain things that we share as modern individuals who are living in this particular time. I think mm-hmm. there are certain things that we, we share, and I think those can be very clearly encapsulated in the kind of very, very, very simple simple Sorry, I can't say simple, but in the very clarified. Uh, ideas of from the French Revolution, which is liberty, equality, and justice, mm-hmm. and fraternity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If one says that, if if one is able to calibrate what good architecture is uh, based on those terms, is it just, environmentally, socially just? Let's say uh, that, that 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 all those resources perhaps are being spent on something. Mm-hmm. Uh, or equal, or free, or whatever. Uh, but for me, what's most uh, interesting is the word fraternity in that entire group. Uh, fraternity is what family, love, brotherhood. Mm. Absolutely, so all of that. Seems yeah. as this is love, mm-hmm. uh, the most sort of instinctive and maybe even irrational imagination, uh, as part of those four uh, things. Huh? And I think that is nice when you think about it. Is that is your uh, is your is your architecture a gift to someone you love, or is it something that you are sharing? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. How does one begin to even think about that? Is it is it is it is it about even loving the site? If you know what I mean. Yeah. Is it about yeah. The, what has happened? Like, hey, I don't like my dog. He ate my, he bit my whatever. Right? You do all of these things. Mm-hmm. Right? You still love the dog. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, in spite of all the faults, there's a certain presence to that particular place. Yeah. Uh, is there a level of love uh, that you have when you are talking about it? Mm-hmm. How do you recalibrate all the value systems that we have assumed that architects have uh, through love, maybe? That might be a. And, and love <laughs> of. Uh, I mean, I think what you're also sort of sketching out here is uh, an idea of what we could begin to think of as an author again. Yeah. To, to re-originate uh, how an author has been, because there's this uh, mini sort of discourse on authorship within the larger um, aesthetic disciplines, right? Every every aesthetic uh, aesthetically engaged discipline has somehow tried to find 
uh, a means of uh, uh, sort of uh, delivering value to every author whether it be um, literature where uh, out value is brought through uh, not simply royalty paid to the author uh, the works are discussed uh, through all kinds of historical and theoretical references but th- this is something that is a little bit more muddy and problematic in india and in mumbai and there is the so risk you're that you're talking about the idea of the author architect as this yeah, individual yeah. yes you think things something yeah, and i think i mean i think that's an important thing that you're that you are bringing up because um i keep thinking about the ways in which our cities are actually being built today mm-hmm. and um, and i'm thinking about the fact that uh, most of the great cities that we admire across history were never built by singular uh, yeah. incredible absolutely imagination many like kya genius like they never they never really uh, born out of those they came out of uh, collective histories and memories and typologies that have existed for many years Yeah. Um so there was a sort of wisdom that was part of the generation of those incredible buildings. Right. Uh, that transcended time. Uh what happened of course with the modern era and with the with, with the fact that the, that with the capitalism you have the division of labor and the specified role that the architects are supposed to play within the mode of production. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh you begin to separate uh the individual from the collective. You also begin to separate the act of design from the act of building. Mhm. and that those sorts of schisms once they are created uh, start start creating things like copyright and you know so with the, the imagination of copyright comes the idea of me and my and hmm. my particular uh, signature that i would like to kind of uh, lay upon the land and if we have to really think about uh, making an architectural imagination that is relevant to us here today that actually belongs to so many that that there is it's such a sort of complex uh, world and uh, economies that we are living not just one but so many mm-hmm. and if you have to now start thinking about the way that architecture can play a role in making lives better let's presume that that's what architects have to do uh, it really needs to challenge some of those presumptions and it's actually not easy to do i i mean i must say i'm guilty of doing some horrible things uh, as a teacher uh, <laughs> and i was faced with when i was faced with those possibilities and <laughs> tell you a story chalo yeah. hmm we were doing a project in malmani which uh-huh. is in, in bombay it's a slum area uh-huh. and uh, the project was a nice project the students had to go into the city into malmani they just had to sit there for i think 10 days uh-huh. keep making sketches of different places that was all and as they were making sketches they get to know people and they get to know they have i mean they just automatically happen they're sitting there and they're drawing na so you get to know people right mm-hmm. so it brings your own idea of who they are and they also get to meet people who are very unlike them it's predominantly uh muslim and dalit uh, sort of right. area mm-hmm. um which we felt was important for these middle class students to do just break your sense of self that's all and then after that we asked them to uh, develop a project there okay mm-hmm. a simple project not complicated as a process goes i had this one boy who was not from bombay he came from a very very small town tribal boy actually and not later and he um, wanted to build a bathhouse something like that uh-huh. mm. and he brought the design to the table okay second year this is in the first semester third semester and that design was a well it was a nice building if it's a small town uh-huh. you know yeah. like it had domes and minarets and you know arches and everything that any good modernist like me would balk at uh-huh. okay and i was like oh god this guy i don't know what to do plan was working there's nothing you know what is there in a plan na right say, right mm-hmm. yeah so you had like extremely uh, strange building okay and everyone else is doing this half like you know kabuzian stuff and like stuff like that. and he's like um this is what i think is good and i was screwed in the head i didn't know what to do uh-huh. <laughs> i had two options over there uh-huh. one thing was that besides my besides my own sort of 
but, but at that point already I knew that holy shit this guy is actually challenging my own presumptions of what I think is good nah? was That's, he was, was he super confident about it like he was like no, he was very hesitant ah, he was very hesitant okay. he was very hesitant he was very shy okay. he really felt that that is what is great right that's, that's right the thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it, it is it's not bad yeah. you know if you think about it it's a big deal right it's mm-hmm. it's a way in which a lot of love, a lot of people love that kind of architecture simply put mm-hmm. i was walking at it because i've been trained in a completely different way right yeah and i also was walking because i know that if he goes for an external jury hmm. he might meet more people that are trained like you, like you who might not be so sympathetic self critical maybe i was feeling self critical like who might be maybe like oh this is just not done this is horrible this is ugly which is possible you know right. so like now what do i do uh, do i am i am i indoctrinating him yeah. okay this boy wow in yeah. a particular imagination of uh, goodness okay mm-hmm. that is mine but it's mine because i've been trained in a certain way no right. because it's become <laughs> so he's been trained differently now what and there is no reason why his building will not be good it will be great yeah what was it about modern architecture that i felt was better than that i didn't have an answer to that question I don't think anyone has an answer to that question. Yeah, not yeah. a not a really good one at least. Yeah. No, there is no answer to that question. It's only a it's only a simplistic simple sort of fashion style that we all seem to think the modern is some sort of style that we think represents uh the aspirations of who we are to become. Mhm. Or it actually And, activates the possibility of an aspiration itself yeah that's yeah. the presumption no that's that, what that's, that's what, the big uh, what nehru wanted to do mm-hmm. i want to step in for a second uh-huh. and just point out like i remember when i was uh, studying there i mean i actually want to ask you how many times do you think there were instances where such a situation happened and um how did you have to deal with that like mm-hmm. it just as a as a as a teacher what was what were the various stance stances that you had to take or the positions that you took in the past because i remember there were instances where i would if i was part of a sort of design crit i would see you uh no kind of immediately what a project was about a category into which it could fall you know it was this kind of yeah i can i can see where it is going and what it's kind of going towards mm. when you were faced with a point where this category suddenly got disturbed how mm. was the uh, confrontation and does it happen ever so often also it happens more and more now i okay. think uh, it happens more and more now we are getting a wider variety of the kinds of students that we are getting within the school Mm-hmm. and i think that's actually the places that i grow the most that you grow the most because it actually comes up with you're like okay fine something <laughs> else and it happens with some students i think usually there are students who uh, bring something new to the table that challenges your presumptions of things mm-hmm. uh, and often they don't it doesn't come from the people who are screaming in your face uh-huh. people who are screaming in your face who come with the sort of really woke collectives don't like i you know they usually are telling things that you already know they are not disturbing you right they're, okay they're, uh, coming they're saying the same things that you that you heard before that you actually kind of you already know the problems with that already there's nothing else it's not disturbing hmm. yeah it's like reinforcement yeah yeah, yeah just reinforcement which is okay theek hai it's important mm-hmm. it's all right yeah. the ones that are able to go in these new strange directions are the ones that disturb you which yeah. i like actually are yeah. really where the Uh, where a lot of interesting things can emerge from mm-hmm. and it's also more difficult because you have to because you have to make a decision at that point you know like there's this boy who comes from a tribal area in maharashtra yeah okay when he finishes his architecture what is he going to do mm-hmm. if he's going back to let's say wherever he's coming from right then do i instill in him uh a certain kind of becoming that uh-huh. allows him to participate proactively in that milieu right yeah yeah but he is coming to bombay to get an education because he doesn't want to go back 
he wants to find a way to participate within this world the world mm-hmm. of uh, uh, arch daily magazines and uh, publications and instagram yeah, too yeah. Yeah, all of that stuff right? that's the world that he wants to participate mm-hmm. i guess so so which point you're in a quandary no yeah yeah how how <laughs> sorry no you... go ahead then i'm also often i also often wonder because it's something obviously all of us have gone through and for me and i think also chirag it's quite uh, fresh and we often still talk about all the teachers we've encountered during our studies and uh, yes much less uh, there's very little antagonism now uh, <laughs> and we look at all our uh, oh, teachers oh, quite nicely Yeah. <laughs> yeah when we were yeah. in school uh, the discussions were a little bit more charged i guess f- from back then um at least from what i i remember charged uh, also nice ways but how how do you think an architect what is the what's your sense of an architect uh, architecture student of today and more importantly how do you, what do you know of how you are received by a student what what's that encounter like when a student comes into the world of architecture first year first semester and they encounters uh, a character like yourself i wouldn't know but i know i mean i i wouldn't i, I wouldn't know really there was a mm-hmm. time once when i was younger mm-hmm. uh, when the age gap between my students and me wasn't that much uh, then right. it was much more casual and much more friendly they were friends they continue to be friends even today we were learning together like i said i know nothing when i came and joined care yeah, i learned as i was teaching mm-hmm. uh, so in many ways i guess we were learning together so in that sense that was mm-hmm. one that was one word as the age gap has increased i'm almost now as old as their fathers are okay actually yeah um the 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 relationship has changed uh, substantially um i find that uh, i but i do recognize that there is a certain way in which a teacher is always a performer or a figure, figure. right there's a figure mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. there's a figure to the teacher yeah. mm-hmm. so it's not a person only actually yeah. teacher is not a person the teacher is a figure right mm-hmm. and the part of teaching is performing that figureness mm-hmm. whatever that yeah. professing that act performance that is very much part of it so uh, i think it's important to structure or to be be wary of the way one um, the way one constructs that uh, that persona the persona of the figure mm-hmm. uh, of the teacher um i think it's important to um, in my this is way i i try and think about the way that it's important that to structure that imagine i think it's important to instill a certain level of uh, comfort mm-hmm. um, that's one thing that i feel um, because i don't think fear helps right mm. uh, although i know a lot of my students are very very scared of me mm? um, <laughs> hello but the, well, no, but the vulnerability yeah. let's say it, i think that's a much better word uh, than fear of course it it does show as fear oh, sometimes oh. it just just but it's also important to show yourself as vulnerable mm-hmm. yourself as vulnerable as a teacher as a teacher yeah um you one should never i don't believe that it's useful to present oneself as infallible mm-hmm. uh it's always important to present oneself as 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 uh, as also growing thinking through things yeah it's more honest i believe uh and it also allows the student to also take a little bit more responsibility mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it doesn't become like teacher ne bola so to social i may be wrong it could be you know that is important the other thing that i also believe i think it's also important for the teacher to present a general uh, open persona what mm-hmm. i mean is a liberal open ended easy persona i believe that it's important to do so uh, because i think that uh, students uh, because i believe that that is a better way for a person to be in the world actually you know, to, to be open to different kinds of identities and not too ideologically strict right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i think if a teacher presents herself or himself as that uh, then i think most students also feel that they can also be that way mm-hmm. uh, so and and i know for example that uh, so i i feel like the performance of a teacher is not only what one one is saying or doing in a classroom but it's also the persona one constructs 
There are darknesses across where we hide, places that can't be seen. We play games of hide and find, discover each other in the night, in the forest, under the staircase, on the terrace, in the shade, in the shadow. Masks help us become the husband, the wife, the doctor, the patient, the chore, the police, in a rehearsal of who we would later become. There we were trying to be men. Our frontier to the south was the railway station that we sometimes walked barefoot to, where we had Chinese food on the streets. For New Year's, we used to take the train to the glitter of South Bombay, watch an English film, and then walk to the Gateway of India for the fireworks. <laughs> 